You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. If you live in El Salvador, you can now pay for anything with Bitcoin. A burger, your car, your rent, your taxes, truly anything. That's because as of this week, Bitcoin is legal tender in El Salvador. Now, because Bitcoin is so volatile, this is a highly risky experiment that no country in the world has tried before. And what happens next could change how other world governments, including the United States, treat cryptocurrency. Caitlin Ostroff from The Wall Street Journal is here to help us make sense of it all. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Adam. Take us back to where this started. Why did El Salvador want to get into Bitcoin in the first place? Part of this idea of could Bitcoin be used as a currency in El Salvador was born out of the fact that a lot of money is sent to El Salvador as remittances, money sent from the U.S. and other places to family members there. Um, And those can often be expensive. There was also some interest in trying to increase the number of people who were included in kind of the financial system who maybe didn't have access to traditional bank accounts. And so there was this back and forth happening between the president of El Salvador, Nayib Bukele, and someone named Jack Mueller, who created what's called the Lightning Network for Bitcoin, basically a way to try and make Bitcoin payments faster and cheaper than they usually are, which culminated in the announcement at a conference in Miami a couple of months ago. I will send to Congress a bill that will make Bitcoin a legal tender in El Salvador. In the short term, this will generate jobs and help provide financial inclusion to thousands outside the formal economy. El Salvador's president is fairly young. He's not kind of part of the entrenched political system that has historically been there. And he has kind of tried to present himself to people, at least online, as someone who is very young and innovative and very open. Ask almost anyone what they think about the future, and they will say something along the lines of nuclear war, climate catastrophe, hunger, pestilence, the death of life. We didn't take care of the beautiful idea that we create our own future, that we as humanity can do almost anything that we imagine. There have been concerns as to his consolidation of power, the removal of some people in the government has sparked a lot of backlash. But he really has tried to present himself as someone who is very future-looking for the people of El Salvador. In El Salvador, we are trying to rescue this idea and start the design of a country for the future, using the best ingredients that makes us who we are, while using sensibility to find the best examples of ideas from history and around the world. I believe Bitcoin could be one of these ideas. And so his his look toward this was something that really kind of went along with that. And it seems like it was sort of a singular decision from 
him too, just based on how it was announced. Yeah, so this was announced without any kind of input from the people of El Salvador, many of whom oppose having Bitcoin as national currency. And this was announced by him, not even in El Salvador, and later proposed as a bill in a Congress whose party he already had a majority in. And so there was a feeling that this is something that was kind of handed down from him and passed by him and his party, really without a ton of broader input. And of course, there were American companies involved as well. Can you tell us a little bit about sort of the infrastructure that um, is underpinning El Salvador's new Bitcoin system? Yeah, so um, the Lightning Network, that is really what is underpinning the system. Bitcoin payments historically have been very expensive, can cost $2 to even $7 to send a Bitcoin transaction, which has kind of always made it not really feasible for use as a payment system. I mean, you're not going to buy a cup of coffee if it's going to cost you, you know, $3 or $4 just to execute the transaction. And so one of the main companies kind of working alongside them in this is the Lightning Network, which is basically just a kind of side network to Bitcoin that just makes the transactions much cheaper to happen. And what about how people actually use it? Yeah, so there's an app that the government was working to set up called Shiva, which is slang for cool. And it's the wallet that is basically free for El Salvadorans to use to incentivize people to use it, the government said that if you sign up to use the specific wallet, Chivo, then we'll give you a $30 credit in Bitcoin, and you can kind of use that to get started. There's other Bitcoin wallets that do exist um, that are in use in El Salvador. Some people have voiced concerns at using the government one because it could give them access to their data and their transactions, and some people have voiced concerns over having that much information directly in their hands. And so some people did sign up for it to get that $30 credit, and some are still opting to use other competitors. Uh, Well, let's go back to how Salvadorians are feeling about all this. My understanding is that they don't feel great. No, I mean, broadly, most Salvadorans are against this. 70-80% of the people who have been polled, you know, say that they don't really support having Bitcoin as a national currency. Part of the other concern is that, you know, unless a business is legitimately deprived of the technology to be able to accept Bitcoin, that they can't deny someone from paying in it. So all businesses have to accept it unless, you know, they don't have internet access or something to that degree. And so that's rubbed some business owners the wrong way. A lot of the rules over well, you know, how are you going to hold this on your balance sheet? What does this mean for reporting taxes? What does this mean for accounting? Like, there's there's a bunch of questions that have yet to be answered. And so for some people, it's made them very nervous. Others are looking at this, though, as potentially a way to, you know, get new customers who maybe do want to use Bitcoin. They look at it as potentially having lower fees than Visa or MasterCard or just a way to get away from cash, which is still very much a part of um, El Salvador's economy. And so some some people are looking at it favorably, but there has been a lot of pushback. What about consumers? I would guess you have to have a smartphone in, in order to do this. Yeah, you need to have a smartphone. I mean, by and large, most people do, but there's definitely a portion of Salvadorans who don't have access to a phone. Um, and so there, there does wind up being a set of preconditions to being able to use Bitcoin or other virtual currencies the government has set up 
kiosks to let people transfer you know, money into Bitcoin and out of Bitcoin at various city centers. But you still need to have a smartphone for that as well. And so some of it does rely on some level of technological efficiency of being able to use a smartphone, but also just like having access to it to begin with. So before the law went into effect, you wrote a story for the journal with a headline, El Salvador gets ready for a risky Bitcoin experiment. What exactly makes this such a big gamble for the country? This this is untested. This is truly an experiment. No other country has made Bitcoin legal tender. And this makes it risky because Bitcoin itself is very volatile. On Tuesday, when El Salvador launched Bitcoin as one of its currencies, you had Bitcoin crash almost 10%. And so Bitcoin is prone to this volatility. People who are veterans in crypto are pretty used to it. But if you're someone who is hoping to use that Bitcoin to buy a car or a loaf of bread or something else, those fluctuations can be very important in you know what you wind up paying for something and what your money is then worth in any given moment. You know, I, I think we take for granted the stability of the US dollar and the euro and other currencies because they're backed by central governments. Bitcoin isn't, and so it's inherently much more risky. The other concerns with El Salvador are the fact that the International Monetary Fund hasn't exactly been jumping up and down with joy for this. You know, they were in negotiations with El Salvador for an aid package, and if you're looking at risks to an economy, adoption of a volatile cryptocurrency isn't one that winds up being awe-inspiring. And so there's been warnings from the IMF against adopting cryptocurrency. The World Bank isn't endorsing this either. And there's been a bunch of concerns as to, I guess, what that means for the economic future of El Salvador. If all of a sudden they wind up holding all of this Bitcoin and it falls very, very sharply and it doesn't recover, you know, that's a major drawdown of funds. On the other hand, it could wind up being very successful and Bitcoin could go to 100,000 or whatever. We just don't know. And Bukele seems to know that this is risky. He's encouraged Salvadorians to convert Bitcoin payments into dollars as soon as they get them to prevent losing money due to the volatility of the cryptocurrency. So I guess at that point, what's the point in pushing people to make Bitcoin payments to begin with? The broad reason for doing Bitcoin payments in the first place is that when you get away from U.S. dollar, at least Bukele has argued, you know, the fees to transfer Bitcoin through the specific El Salvador rollout are much lower than they would be with something like Western Union, where you would send, you know, like money orders between people and much faster. And so the argument is that at least from that initial sending, you wind up wiping out a lot of the fees and you just wind up making it much faster. And so that's kind of been the argument for using it. But Bukele has also, when when Bitcoin crashed on Tuesday, he was also kind of encouraging people to buy the dip, as it's called in crypto, which is basically, you know, when Bitcoin falls or when something else falls, he tweeted that they had just bought more Bitcoin, um, El Salvador's government, and that encouraged some other people to do so as well. And so even though he's encouraging people to transfer their money as soon as possible, there's still some of the kind of underlying crypto mentality of, you know, let's try and get those gains because the idea is if you buy it when it's cheaper, it just goes up. So we've seen, especially in the United States in recent months, cryptocurrencies becoming more accessible, more mainstream. How does the decision to make Bitcoin legal tender in El Salvador impact the way that 
lawmakers and regulators and crypto advocates in other countries think about cryptocurrency? Honestly, everyone is watching this to see what happens. The knock-on effects really aren't known. Um, A few legislators in Panama have considered introducing legislation to make Bitcoin a legal tender there. A couple other Latin American countries had similar considerations. I think broadly, most people seem to be holding off until there's some idea of, you know, how it winds up going in El Salvador, and it's still very early days for that. And then there's El Salvador's relationship with the U.S., um, Bitcoin being one national currency now, but the U.S. dollar is the other. El Salvador gets those U.S. dollars through correspondent banks that get money from the Fed and then send it over. And so, you know, we still don't know how the relationship between those banks are going to be affected by El Salvadoran banks now holding Bitcoin. And so what does this mean for access to U.S. dollars? Will the U.S. wind up caring? These are all things that really just haven't been figured out yet. And so the broader knock-on effects um, of how other countries view this and how they respond, really, we don't know yet. Well, I personally don't have any Bitcoin, but I'm kind of fascinated by the future of money. So I'm kind of on the edge of my seat to see what happens in El Salvador. I think everyone is. Um, Everyone in the crypto community, even those who weren't wildly enthusiastic about its rollout, are watching this just to see what happens. I'm Adam Clark Estes, and this is Recode Daily. This episode was produced by Taylor Macon and engineered by Paul Robert Mouncey. Don't forget to check out our show notes for links to Caitlin's story and more from Recode. And you can get in touch with us or you can send us some Bitcoin. Email us at recodedaily at recode.net. See you Monday. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.